and we come to you thanking you this day for all the blessings of God. We come to you especially this night, though. We come asking for great understanding upon your word. We're asking now that clarity come in, in our teaching, that the Spirit of the living God would rise up in me, give utterance to me and the Holy Spirit. Father, I'm asking that the word would go forth in the pure accuracy only the Spirit of God can bring. I'm asking that you give each ear understanding and hearing. Father, we're asking that the teacher himself work with us diligently this night, that we may rise up from our spirits and grasp this word and not only hear it, but be able to act upon it from revelation knowledge. And we'll thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, for the last few Sunday nights, we've been talking about eternal life. We started out talking about the source of eternal life and where exactly this life and nature of God came from. Uh, we talked about this life, eternal life, becoming a reality. We talked about the purpose for Jesus Christ's coming to this earth. We talked about what this life would do, that it would set you free from anything in Satan's dominion. We found out last Sunday night that this eternal life will repel sin, sickness, disease, and Satan. Hallelujah. So tonight we're going to look at eternal life and how to stay full of this life. Do you know that you can have more or less of this life? It is a tangible substance. It is a substance that can be transmitted by the laying on of hands. It can be transmitted by the touch of faith. It can be transmitted by man believing and keeping it active in his spirit and even just flowing out of him all the time as a force field around him. So tonight, let's, let's define again exactly what I mean by eternal life. You know, Barclay and his uh, interpretation of New Testament words said that man will never understand eternal life until he loses the assumption that eternal life is just life everlasting and that life will, is just something, eternal life is something that goes on uh, after you die. And it's just a, a life that when you get saved, you can go to heaven. Eternal life does not mean that in the, in the New Testament. Eternal life in the New Testament is a substance. It is the substance of God. It is the substance that makes God God. Without this substance of eternal life, in the Greek it's called zoe. Say that with me. Zoe. Eternal is aeonius, aeonius zoe, and it is a substance that God himself is made out of. Without him having this substance, he would not be God, in other words. Are you hearing me? Praise God. So when we're talking about life and eternal life, we're talking about a tangible substance, just as tangible as electricity is, just as tangible as radium is. I like to say it's God's radium from heaven. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. It's just God's radium from heaven. It's God's atomic energy. It's what he is made out of. Hallelujah. He said in John 1 and 4, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, in him was life, and this life was the light of men. Light. He said, this life is the light of men. In other words, light stands for development. Light stands for growth. Light stands for progress. If you're going to develop and mature and you're going to advance in God, you've got to understand about some of these things that we have received at the new birth. And one of those was eternal life, the very life, the very nature, the very being of God dwells and lives in you this day. Amen. Amen. John 5, 26, Jesus said, talking about the Father, he said, As the Father hath zoe in himself, as the Father has this life, eternal life in himself, so is he given the Son to have this life in himself. He said, I've got the same identical substance in me that God himself has. And when you've seen me, you've seen the Father, he said. Amen? Amen. If he said, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father at work. When you've seen the blind eyes heal, you've seen the Father at work. When you've seen the dead raised up, you've seen God at work. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Some people today have the wrong idea. They think, well, you know, God's in, in these deaths and God's in destroying people and God's in these things. No, God's in these other things. He's in exactly what you've seen Jesus do. Amen. If you want to know what God will do, look at Jesus. Amen. Amen. God the Father was revealed to the world in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was revealed. If you want to know what God's like, just look at Jesus. If you want to know exactly what, what this life will do, eternal life will do, just look at Jesus. He used nothing inherent in him as being the Son of God. He didn't use any omnipotence, any supernatural power, nothing that's not available to the church today. Nothing that's not available did he use. All right, in John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to kill, to steal, and destroy. But he said something else in that verse. He said, I am. I am. When you read that in the New Testament, Jesus is saying this. He's identifying himself with the great God I am. That's what in the Greek it means there. He's tying himself up with God himself. And he said, I am, I am come, I am come that you might have this life and have it in abundance, praise God. Not just have it, but overflowing in you. Out of you shall flow rivers of this life giving water. Amen. Can you say amen to this? Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, tonight we want to look at this eternal life and look at how to stay full of this life. Do you know if you receive this life in sufficient measure, it'll live its own self? That is the pinnacle of Christianity. This is the heights that we want to reach. 
where it's no longer I, but it's just the Christ living in me. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe at the end of the next few months, we're going to see spiritual giants come out of some of these teachings. We're going to go from this eternal life. We're going to graduate into who we are in Christ. We're going to get into our identification. And I'm believing without a shadow of a doubt, as we teach these things, people's going to get great understanding. They're going to get out revelation knowledge on these truths, and they're going to rise up and do the mighty works that God said we're supposed to. I believe that. Hallelujah. It is people in this world will never come to Jesus Christ. They will not believe the gospel without seeing evidence of it. And I think it's time for the church to rise up and either put up or shut up. Are you hearing me? Talk. We've had 2,000 years of talk. Now it's about time for about two years of walk. Amen. Walking in the Spirit. Walking with Almighty God. Listening to His voice. Operating in the supernatural. Knowing that when you lay hands upon the sick, they shall recover. Hallelujah. Knowing that this substance in you shall flow out of you as a river of living water. This substance when received in sufficient measure, will live its own life. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. You can have all of this life that you desire. You can have all you want. You can have more or less. The more that you have, the more you're going to be like God. How many of you want to be more like God? Amen. The more this life you have, the more love you'll show. The more this life that you have, the more peace you'll have. The more this life and you having revelation upon it, the more joy you'll have in your life. Not just ha, ha, ha joy. I'm talking about ho, ho, ho joy down deep. Down deep in your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Any situation comes up, I know that the life, the nature of Almighty God in me is more than enough. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, more you can have joy. The more this life that you have, the more victory you'll walk in. The more this life that you have on the inside of you, the more healthy you become. Amen. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. The more this life you have, the more like Jesus you are. Hallelujah. Turn with me tonight now to Galatians, the sixth chapter. Galatians, the sixth chapter, seventh verse. Jesus now said in John 10, 10, he said, I am come that you might have zoe. I am come that you might have something. I am come, the purpose in me coming to this earth, the purpose in me providing eternal life, the purpose for me going to the cross, the purpose for me dying, the purpose of me taking your sin, 
the purpose of me taking your sickness, the purpose in the cross, the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord was to provide you with a substance in your spirit that would not just recreate you, but make you a new creation with the life, the nature of Almighty God in you, and you could have this substance in you, not just in you, but overflowing in you overflowing in you, not just have it in you. Look, I got eternal life. Look, look, here it is. Boy, I got it. Here it is right here. Look here, I got, I got a, you know, here it is right here. See right here, I, I punched my ticket. I got eternal life. I'm going to heaven. Punch my ticket. I'm going on. No, I'm not talking about going to heaven. Thank God when you got born again, eternal life in heaven is guaranteed. That's yours. But we don't need health in heaven. We don't need prosperity in heaven. We don't need joy in heaven. We don't need victory in heaven. We've already got it when we make heaven, praise God. Down here is where we need it. And the life, the nature of Almighty God is what he provided for you to be raised up out of the miry pit and set on high with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. You find Galatians, the sixth chapter, starting in the seventh verse. He said, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. How many of you know that? How many of you know that? Praise God. Do you know? Pharaoh at one time, they had the greatest nation on the face of this earth. And what he said was almost like to them as God speaking to the, the Egyptian people. He said something one time and give a degree that all the male children should be killed of the Jewish nation. And at that time he planted a seed. And when God came, and delivered his people, the death angel came, and he reaped what he planted. Are you hearing me? Amen. You will reap what you sow. If you reap things that you don't want, check up on what you're sowing. Check up on what you're sowing. See if you're sowing what you want to reap. You know, if, if you're not growing a crop of what you want, 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 then you need to change what you're planting. You know, if you don't even like okra, and you don't like squash, and you don't like cucumbers, and it looks like that's all growing in my garden, I better plant me something else, hadn't I? Are you hearing me? Amen. Amen. Let's check up on what we're planting. He said, Be not deceived, God's not mocked whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Eighth verse said, For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. He said you can have a crop of everlasting life growing. He said if you'll sow to the Spirit. Now in the King James they capitalize Spirit, meaning that they thought they was talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, he's not. He's talking about your recreated human spirit. He's talking about your spirit. You can't sow something to the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? Do you know that? We don't sow anything to the Holy Spirit. 
We don't plant in him. He plants in us. Amen? All right, he's saying right here, if you'll sow to the flesh, you're going to have the flesh. He, he's saying this, if you sow to the five physical senses, what you can think, what you can smell, what you can say, what you, what you can hear, what you can see, all these five physical senses, if you sow to those things, you're going to, of, of the flesh, you're going to reap a crop. If all you operate in is flesh, all you operate in is sense knowledge, all you operate in is the things you can see, hear, feel, taste, or smell, if you operate over there, that's all the crop you're going to get. But if you, if you plant to the Spirit, plant in your spirit, you will reap a crop of everlasting zoe. I'm telling you, I'd like to have a big crop, a bumper crop of zoe coming off. Amen? Just having a bumper crop of this stuff. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Lavet's translation. He said, if he plants seed in his new spirit, in his new nature, if he plants in, the, in his new nature, not in the Holy Spirit, but in the man that plants his new nature. See, you've got a new nature. And this nature, it'll repel anything that comes from the enemy there is nothing can enter into your spirit other than the Word of God. There is nothing else. Satan can't penetrate it. Sin can't penetrate it. If sin ever gets into your spirit after you've been born again, you're eternally lost. Say, I thought once saved, always saved. We need to read some stuff in Hebrews then. I believe in eternal security. I've got eternal security. But I tell you what, it is something also about <coughs> sin that God, that, that people that sin sin is not going to enter into the kingdom of God. Do you know that? Say, well, I got saved back when I was two, uh, t 10 years old. I, I don't know about all those. He said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Isn't that right? So we need to interpret Scripture with Scripture. Amen? Amen. Pray the Lord. We won't get into some of that tonight. All right, Lovett said, if he plants seed in his new nature, Knox, Ronald Knox's translation says, if his seed ground, if his seed ground is the Spirit, it will give him a harvest of eternal life. If his seed ground is the Spirit, it will give him a harvest of eternal life. See, that's what we want to produce in the land. We want to produce a bumper crop of God in us. We want to be just so full of God that it's no longer I, but it is the Christ that operates through us. Amen. The love of God, the compassion of God, the supernatural power of Almighty God. Let me read this translation again. Ronald Knox said, if his seed ground is the Spirit, it will give him a harvest of eternal life. Praise the Lord. What would a crop of eternal life produce in your home today? How would it affect, how would a bumper crop of eternal life affect that son that's rebellious? How would a bumper crop of Jesus Christ affect that husband that's not on fire for God? What would it do for you, friend? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Are you seeing this? What would happen if you had the life?
life of God just flowing out of you, flowing out of you all the time. And as people come close to you, they wouldn't sense something, some presence in you. Hallelujah. What could you do on your job? What could you do to lost people if you had a bumper crop of this working in you? What could you do with it? Praise the Lord. Praise God. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, you might write that scripture down and look at it. It says that we are God's husbandry. That's a little blind in the King James. I don't know many of us that talk King James or Elizabethan. Uh, husbandry means, W. Vines, Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, said husband, husbandry means a tilled ground. A tilled ground. Well, what is he talking about? You are God's husbandry. You are God's tilled ground. He's talking about the real you, the spirit of you, that spirit on the inside, the real you the person that's in union with Christ Jesus, the person that has eternal life in him. See, he said, you are his till field. You, you, you know, he, he's got that thing plowed up, and it's, it's broke up, ready to receive the word of the living God. Oh, I'm telling you, it's ready to go. It's ready to go. It'll produce. 20th century said, you are God's harvest field. You are his harvest field. Kenneth Weiss translates that, said, you're God's land under cultivation. I like that. I like that. Seems like I could picture a, a, a big breaking plow and, and then about four or five discs linked together and they just broke it up with a breaking plow and just come over that thing. It's under cultivation. It's ready. It's ready. Look over there. Look over there. Something's springing up over there. What is that little green shoot coming out? What is that little green shoot? Look, it's got a bud on it. What is that? Oh, glory to God. That's the eternal life of God coming out of us. What is that coming out of my brother? That's that life of God. What is that? What is the fruits that's going to be produced out of this life of God? Oh, the healing power of God, the joy of God, the power of God in manifestation, the glory of God coming right out of man from his innermost being. Hallelujah. <laughs> Turn with me to Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the twelfth verse. Let me show you something about the Word of God <coughs> and what it will do. Hebrews 4.12 said, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Soul and spirit. Do you know your spirit and soul cannot be divided? You can't divide them. You cannot separate your spirit and soul. When you die, your spirit and soul both go to heaven. Are you hearing me? And nothing can penetrate it or nothing can even enter into it or divide it but the Word of God. That's sharp. That's sharp. Nothing can penetrate this. Nothing can. Nothing can penetrate this thing. 
Hallelujah. Nothing can penetrate your spirit. See, that's good to know. When, you know, a lot of people teach you get filthiness and unforgiveness and hate in your heart. You can't get that in your heart. You can get it in your head. Do you know forgiveness is an act of your will? It's an act of your will. All you have to do is will to do it. I will to walk in love. I will to walk in some of these things. He said, the Word of God is quick and powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, many a Christian today thinks that, that this Word of God is a sword. They think, well, look here, I've got a sword here, you know, kind of like, you know, Jesse James, I'm a two-gun, I'm a two-sword man, you know. No, if you carried ten of them, you wouldn't be a ten-sword man. The Word of God that is a sword is what has been revealed to your spirit by the Holy Spirit that comes out your mouth. Amen. That is the sword of the Spirit. That's what will penetrate. See, so many times people don't even know how to plant this in your spirit. You know how you plant it? With your mouth. With your mouth. You plant it with your mouth. All right, Hebrews 4.12 20th century's first edition, he said, God's message is a living, active power, piercing its way till it penetrates soul and spirit. Piercing its way till it can penetrate this. See, I'm telling you, you've got to get this, this Word of God, it's got to penetrate your spirit and leave a deposit in there. That's why a lot of people don't, that, that, that sit under the Word of God, they've never had the Word to penetrate them on healing. They've never seen the Word penetrated. Therefore, healing has never come. They'll see it and it'll go off and on. Are you hearing me? If it ever penetrates that and leaves its deposit of healing power, I'm telling you, it'll grow up and produce a buffer crop of healing. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. If it's in the Word of God, it will grow up and produce after its own kind. That's the law of Genesis. That is the law of Genesis. God set it into action, and he said everything will reproduce how? After its own kind. And if you plant uh, okra, you won't reap corn. Amen? It is a law, and if you plant the Word on healing in your recreated spirit, in your spirit that's been cultivated in that thing, it'll grow up and produce a, a crop of this stuff. Praise you can grow you off just as big a crop as you want to plant. You know, when I used to bird hunt over in the Delta, over in the flatlands over there, I liked that country over there, especially when I was a young man, when they had a lot of... Uh, workers over there, and they didn't have all the machinery. Uh, I like to be around those black people. They, they was, you know, they're such sweet people. And uh, they were just different. It was a different world. You know what I mean? It's just a different world over there. They, they, well, it's just different as living in the, uh, uh, on the backside of Africa or something. You know, they're just as different people. And, and uh, those uh, plantation owners and things, they were just different people. I enjoyed being around them. I liked them folks. I like, I like to be around them. But, you know, a lot of Monday mornings I'd go over there and instead of everybody working, they'd be about half there. That's kind of like some of these cars that's been built in Detroit on Mondays, they don't run too good. Are you hearing me? 
And it's the same way with Christianity. You know, a lot of times in the spring when I would go over there and fishing it over there and planting season was on, oh, it was just a beautiful sight out across those fields. But a lot of times in the winter, I'd come over and I said, that's a Monday morning row right there. I can look at it because it skips in the row. It skips in the row. And it's the same way with Christianity. If you hadn't been planting on a regular basis, there's going to be skips in your row. Are you hearing me? You've got to do this on a regular basis. A person that does not have a regular time to pray or a regular time to meditate the Word and study the Word does not study or does not pray. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. You just check up on yourself. Check up on yourself. If you don't have a specific time to do it, then it won't get done. And, pe- and, you, and you, you get skips in your row, people. Amen. You get skips in the row. And you, you be waiting on, kind of like a lady called my wife the other day, and she said, I want you to uh, believe with me for a certain miracle, a financial miracle. Oh, I want to believe for this financial miracle. We at, in the full gospel movement always want to believe for the financial miracle, or this miracle and that miracle. She said, have you been tithing? She said, oh, oh, I don't have no seed planted, do I? Say, well, what am I going to do now? Well, you're going to have to go before God and get him to forgive you about it. You can pick up from there, but you're going to have to repent about that. And repent don't mean, well, I'm going to change my mind and I'll put $2 in next week. Are you hearing me? So you're going to have to change your mind, get it repentant, get it handled, and then, and then start doing what you know to do. You know, if you don't do what you know to do, that's a sin. You know, you're walking in open rebellion against Almighty God. In these last days, I'm telling you, people, God is pouring out His Spirit, and it's going to be a supernatural way that's never been seen on the face of this earth. The world can't hold us, friend. The world can't hold us. And it's going to take people with a clean heart and clean hands that's going to walk before Almighty God in the supernatural love of God, in the compassion of God, and going to be walking upright before Him and wouldn't have one sin in their life that was not handled. I'm telling you, in these last days, judgment is going to begin at the house of God. And people in the church are going to get it right, right there. I believe they'll fall dead in the pulpits, and they'll fall dead in the pews, and they'll fall dead. I believe that it's time for the supernatural judgment of God to take place. You say, that's mighty strong. Well, I'm telling you, we're talking about we want the power of God operating in our lives. And I'm telling you, you can't operate in the power of God with sin in your life. There's no way. Praise the Lord. All right, how? How then can we sow this, these, these seeds to our spirit? That's what we want to look at tonight. How are we going to sow them in there? How do we go about doing these things? You know, if you've got a problem in your life, if you've got a problem with sin, first thing you know, uh, you don't confess it, you know, just confess over and over, uh, I don't have that sin in my life. You know what you do? You quit it. You quit it. You don't taper off of sin. How many of you know that? Well, I'm, I'm tapering off of this. Mm-hmm. And God's done dealt with you, and you ain't... Uh, man, I wouldn't want in your shoes. 
getting mighty quiet in here. <laughs> Lord been dealing with some of y'all. Alright, praise the Lord. How do we sow to our spirits? The first thing you've got to do to sow to your spirit is this. You've got to prepare your heart to receive by praise and worship and praying in other tongues. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. God didn't give you the, the Holy Spirit where you could say, well, look, I taught in tongues. It is for a purpose. When you are in contact with the Holy Ghost, you're in contact with the third person of the Trinity, you're in contact with God himself, you are in contact with the revealer of God's Word, Amen. the one that reveals this Word to you. Amen. Praise God. He is the teacher. I think sometimes that we have taught things and left the Holy Spirit, you know, in the back room or something and not asked him to come and teach these things. See, people, tonight, as I teach this, I sense a great anointing among me to teach this tonight. I sense something in my spirit that you that's sitting here tonight is going to grasp this as always life. You're not going to leave here the same as you came. No, no, no. I say tonight before Almighty God, this word by the Spirit of God is going to penetrate your spirit and you'll never be the same again. You'll rise up out of your spirit and operate even as the risen Lord expects you to. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the life of God shall flow out of you. And it shall be a revelation unto you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got to prepare. Prepare yourself to receive the Word of God. One of the ways is by praying in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 said, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit... If, if I speak in an unknown tongue, I speak not unto men, but unto God. Unto God. He said, How be it in the Spirit I speak mysteries or divine secrets, secrets of Almighty God. 1 Corinthians 14 and 4, he says, He that prays in an unknown tongue edifies himself. He gets edified. You know what edified means? That doesn't just mean goosebumps, people. You know, I think some people think that, that God's Holy Ghost is just the head of his goosebump department or something, you know, and hot flash department. And every time he, you know, whoo, look at that, I got a goosebump, man. Oh, look at that. Looks like they're going to come get my car. Look at that. I'm three car payments behind. Look at that. Oh, what am I going to do? Mother, no, no, that's not meditation. Meditation is talking the word of the living God unto yourself, out loud, out your mouth. If you won't speak it, it'll never get planted. You know, he said in Joshua 1 and 8, said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, day and night, day and night. Not just every now and then when you heard a good message. You get all goosebumped up and say, well, I'm going to make a new start at this. I'm going to really do it. No. You're going to have to meditate on it day and night. He said, then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Yeah. Then you will. 
He said in Psalms 1, said, If you'll become a meditator, you'll be as a tree planted by the rivers of water, rivers of water, and your roots shall go deep down into the river, and everybody will dry up and everything around you, and all the joy of the Lord will be on you because you've meditated. You've got the Word in your spirit. You know that any weapon formed against me shall not prosper, and you know that the Word of the living God's working mightily in me, and you know that all the things that the enemy has sent against me, it will fall to the wayside because I've got the life, the nature of Almighty God, in me is life and this life is the development of me it's the very life of God praise God and it cannot be defeated see if you get a hold of some of these things a meditator does this he's not moved by what's said on TV Walter Cronkite does not move a meditator are you hearing me David Brinkley don't move me The weatherman does not move me. Well, it's tornado. You know, you, you know, I never have heard them come on TV, uh, uh, any of those reporters, and, and, and just report. Do you know that we've got a president in the White House that's been born again? Would you like, I want to just tell you about him. This man has tried to turn the country around for the good. No, they come on, they say, well, he had another defeat today. Here he is, got him a nine-inch cigar sticking out of his mouth, and I'm going to listen to him, and he's going to tell me about my life, and something's going to affect me. No, a thousand times, no. I'm going to take the Word of God and let it meditate on it, and it's going to make my way prosperous. It's going to cause me to have good success. Amen? Praise the Lord. Meditation. Meditation is not listening to tapes. Meditation is not standing and listening to your preacher preach. That's not meditation. Although you can receive uh, revelation knowledge listening to tapes. You can receive revelation knowledge a lot of ways. You can hear a little boy say something. You know how I learned to meditate? I was preaching on it. been preaching on it nearly a year, and I heard James one day. My little boy, about this high, and I had him meditate, and I was teaching them how to meditate, and they was confessing the word every morning, and he was in there just to saw, and sound like he was, you know, cutting Z's. Ooh, man, he was just to meditate, talking the word. And he was tearing the word of God all to pieces, all to pieces. He was quoting Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, and he said, I can do all things. I can do it. I can do it. I can do all things. I can do all th- I was listening to him in there. I can do anything. There's nothing I can't do. I can do anything through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is my strength. I said, that's it, son. That's meditation. That's what it is. That's how I learned to meditate. Are you hearing me? Don't ever get so big that you can't learn something from somebody. It don't matter, it don't matter if, he, you know, if he's 2 or 22. If he's got some truth, we want it. Amen? Praise the Lord. Meditation is talking the Word to yourself. It's actually what it's doing is just putting yourself inside the Word. You just, you just put it on. You've got to actually do just exactly what Jesus did. It said Jesus found himself in the Word. He found the place where it's written. That's me. That's talking about me right there. Look at that. Do you see that? 
He said, he came that I might have Zoe and have it in abundance. Oh, glory to God. I got that stuff in me, and it's overflowing. That's talking about me. He's talking about me. He's not talking about some other man. He's talking about me. That's me. I have life, and I have it in abundance. I tell you what, when you go to talking to yourself like that, the first thing you know, this thing will just start snowballing on, on you. And the first thing you know, you get big as a Goodyear blimp full of Zoe life. Mm, just get big, you know. Just, just have a big old crop of this stuff. Praise the Lord. How do you plant this seed now? Say it out loud. With your mouth. With your mouth. Say it again. With your mouth. Say this with me. I talk, to I talk to myself. You know, the world's way of doing say, you know, you know, if you talk to yourself, you you know, you know, kind of he's nutty. <laughs> he talks to himself. You know, sometimes he matches his say, how you feel, you know. You know, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about taking the word of God and mulling it over and over and talking it to yourself. I mean, talk it to yourself. I mean, think on it, talk on it, just put it into you. This is me it's talking about. Hallelujah, that's what it is. This is me it's talking about. Over numbers, he told them, tie you a string on your your skirt. You know, we don't wear skirts anymore. Well, some folks is wearing them now, but I, you know. Someone said, well, we got to have a dress code. Well, they better not get it out of the Bible, had they? We'll be back to dresses again, won't we? Oh, man. Dear Lord, seems like the church has been in a ditch on one side or the other on every issue it's ever come out. Just name it, and they've been over here. You know, God's bringing us into, into this thing, and he's bringing denominations and, and Pentecostal. You know, Pentecostal people are good folks. How many of you know that? Hallelujah. Bringing people into, into this thing. We're going to walk down the middle of the road with Jesus one day. I'm telling you, he said, until you come to the knowledge of the Son of God unto the unity of the faith. Unto the unity. Oh, I don't mean, believe we'll ever just all disbelieve every little jot and tittle that, 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 that everybody believes. I don't believe that. But on 90% of the things that, that's taught, on basic things, on the power of God and the supernatural, we're going to be walking hand to hand in this thing. Hallelujah. Don't ever fight anybody if they've got any truth. Don't ever go against anybody if they've got any truth. If they've got this much. Go with him. Find you a place to hook up with him. Don't fight him. Turn to 1 Timothy, 4th chapter. First Timothy, the 4th chapter, the 15th verse. You know, we got... I just prophesy at the drop of a hat, and they love this. They love, you know, just say anything. Yeah, I heard a woman one one day. She had, you know, she carried this little girl around with her, and and and, and she'd speak in tongues, and this little girl would interpret. And most of the things she said was yea, truly. And sometimes she said true, yay. And in other parts she'd say yay, true, true, yay, yay, true, true, yay, yay, true, true, yay, 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 true, 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 yay, yay. Yeah, yeah, true, true, yeah, yeah, amen. Praise the Lord. And that's about the end of her prophecy. Well, I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about a man of the living God that, that they knew was a man of God and he had prophesied something over him and laid hands on son Timothy here. And he said, neglect not what's been prophesied over you. 
Are you hearing me? Now he said right here, he, 15th verse said, meditate on these things. He said, meditate on these things. He said, give thyself wholly unto them. Not holy, 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 but your whole spirit, soul, and body. I mean, put it all, everything you got into it. It's been prophesied over you, and you know it's of God, now put your whole self in there. You know, with the kind of teaching that Paul taught and Timothy received, he knew this, that anything that was prophesied was nothing but a confirmation of what he'd already received from God anyway. He already knew what to prophesied on it. If he didn't, it wasn't God. Are you hearing me? Prophecy disconfirms what God already gives you. Praise the Lord. Now he said, meditate on this. Give thyself wholly unto them, that thy profiting may appear unto all. New American Standards said, be absorbed in them. He told him, be absorbed in these things. New Berkeley said, live in them. Live in them. Meditate in them. Live in these things. Make this your life. In other words, get lost in these things that's been prophesied over you. Get lost in them. Alfred's New Testament, he said, in these things be employed. You know, when I, when I read that, I said, mm-hmm. If I was employed by somebody, I'd have a, t a certain time, a certain time to go to work, wouldn't I? Are you hearing me? He said, in these things be employed. Have you a certain time? Go to work. You know nobody will ever amount to anything with Jesus Christ if you won't discipline yourself. Amen. You, won't, you won't amount to nothing. Oh, I don't mean God don't love you. And that, you know, God won't still bless you. I'm saying he'll do that. But if you want God's best, you're going to have to discipline yourself. Amen. You're going to have to be on a schedule. You know that? Amen. I've been on a schedule ever since I've been born again before I even got the Holy Ghost. I had a certain time that I prayed. I have a certain time that I do some things. And blessed be God, I'm okay. And if Jesus tarries, I'll be doing them till he gets back. Amen. Praise God. He said, employ yourself in them. Have a certain time. You know, if you was working for an old boy and you wouldn't do a good job, you know, you wouldn't get to stay around there long. If every time he had to come by you, say, boy, won't you do something, boy? You ain't worth 15 cents. Man, you, you, you ain't made me a dime. I, I, you know, if you worked 10 years right here, at the rate you working while, you wouldn't make me 50 cents. Well, it wouldn't be long. He'd be hunting someone to replace you. Some of y'all men say amen to that. That's right, that's right. Uh, uh, E.W. Kenyon's got a book over there, Sign Boards on the Road to Success. Every man ought to read that. It does not have a scripture in it anywhere. And he just talks about I'm going to tell you something. If you're working for a man and you ain't the best employer that he's got, then you ain't doing him a good job. You ain't a, you ain't, you're not a testimony to Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? If he can do without your services, then you're not doing a good job. I've never worked for a person in my life that, that when I left... They, they didn't think they could get along without me. Are you hearing me? And if you can't do that in your Christian walk, then you need, you need to reevaluate yourself. Say amen. That's, that's a little 
little side trip, but it'll work too. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. All right. You're going to have to have a regular time that you meditate and get some of these scriptures. You're going to have a, a, a time that you say, that's when I'm on. I don't care if it's 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day. I'm telling you, meditation's rich. Oh, it's rich stuff. Amen. It don't take a whole lot of it. But you get to a, a like John 10, 10. In, he, he came that I might have life and have it in abundance. You get up and talk that. Father, I thank you that Jesus Christ came. The purpose in him coming was to bring me the very life and nature that you have. Oh, Father, I thank you that he brought that to me. I thank you that I passed from death unto life. And I, have, I know I have because I love the brethren. Amen. And just start meditating on this. Romans 8, 2, he said, he said, The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. And I meditate on that. Father, I thank you. I thank you that I'm free this day. I'm free from sickness. I'm free from poverty. I'm free from fear. I'm free from Satan's dominion. I'm free from anything of the enemy because I have life. I've got the life of God. Ooh, glory. I'm set free from the law of sin and death. I'm totally set free. There's nothing from the enemy that can destroy me. Are you hearing me? And meditate on those things. Meditate on them. Get you just a few scriptures. You got sickness in your body, you can take Romans 8, 11 and get you healing. He said, same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, dwell in you, it'll make alive your immortal body. It'll make it alive. Psalms 103, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. How many of you know the Lord's got benefits? Amen. Amen. You know what a benefit is? That isn't just something extra. That just comes along with a package. He said, I got something to come along with a package. What is it? He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all my iniquities and healeth all my diseases. Healeth all my diseases. That's my healing there. Now, he's provided that. Now, as I, as I meditate on that and that becomes real to me, let me tell you what happened one night. Sickness had tried to attach itself to my body. I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what it was. I don't, I don't know. But I was laying there in the bed, and it's, I believe it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. And I had been meditating. See, a lot of people want, want something easy. Well, if it's easy, I'll try it, brother. So, well, let me tell you something. You've got an enemy out there who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and you want something easy? Well, you ain't wanting in this Christian walk, friend, because when you get in this, you've got the enemy of this world and all his big guns arrayed against you that wants to destroy you. I'm telling you, when you get in this, you're going against the grain. Do you know that? I was meditating on, on Psalms 103.2 and the sickness, oh, I was hurt. And all of a sudden, that went off my spirit and I jumped out of bed and man, two o'clock in the morning. I went to dance. Woo, glory, hallelujah. I just had a fit. I mean, and my wife looked over there and at me and she what you doing? At two o'clock in the morning, I've been dancing. They didn't know what I was doing. I done got my healing. My body did, well, didn't feel one bit better. You say, well, you just must be some kind of nut. No. My body cried out, and it said, oh, oh, oh. But my spirit cried out with joy. Oh, the life of God's in me. I've got my healing because of Jesus. And these spiritual things will overtake anything in your physical body. Hallelujah. If you'll hook up with the spirit part of you, you'll, be, you'll drive out any of that other stuff of the enemy. 
Praise the Lord. All right, the third thing you've got to do to sow this life of God and to stay full of it is you've got to guard your confession. Turn with me over to Proverbs, the 18th chapter. Proverbs, the 18th chapter. Proverbs, the 18th chapter, starting the uh, 20th verse. He said, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with increase of his lips shall he be filled. That sounds like prosperity there, doesn't it? If a man's not operating where he ought to be right there, then he's not filled. 21st verse said, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So we see right here that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's what God said right here. And a man shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Fruit of his mouth. Do you know that negative, 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 talking, negative, confession will drain the life of God out of you. Negative talk. How many of you ever got around one of these old negative persons? Every time you get around, they always got something on, always scorning. And never, you know, never have a good report. How come this? I don't hear some of that old negativism. People, you're going to have to guard your ears. How many of you know your ears ain't garbage buckets? And, and you, know, you know what God called a, a a report that wasn't of faith, he called it an evil report. He said, it's evil. I don't want to listen to a bunch of evil stuff. And you get around, sit around, and go to talking scornful. You know what? It's an anointing on strife. Do you know that? It'll be anointing from hell. And most Christians don't even know the difference. Boys, you know, we're really helping out. It's, you know, and go to talking about somebody. Are you hearing me? Negative confession, negative talking will drain the very life out of you. It'll drain the life out of you. You've got to guard your confession. A right confession and right talking will just pump the life of God right into you. You don't believe it? You get up some morning. You get up some morning and you feel like, you know, well, I know it's Blue Monday. Here's old Blue Monday again. Man, I've got to get up in there and punch your old clock. Got to do this. Old Blue Monday. You remember that song, uh, Fats Domino sang, Blue Monday. <laughs> I know I used to have Blue Monday. Tuesdays too. Seemed like every day was blue with me. They didn't none of them get good. There's only bad and worse. It's the only kind I had. <laughs> you get up sometime. And you don't, how many of you ever got up and felt like you wasn't even saved? You know, you, know, you didn't feel no, goo, you didn't feel no goosebumps, hot didn't? Get up and start confessing out your mouth. Oh, I've got the life of God in me. Oh, thank you, Father. I am a new creation with the very life that come from another world. I've got a substance that came from heaven itself. I've got a substance that was in Jesus. I've got a substance in me called eternal life that came straight from God the Father. Right out of his own being, he placed it in me. I'm in union with Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ, and there's nothing that can stop me because the Christ lives in me. You know what, you, man, you won't take you long. You'll be ready to conquer the devil. 
Man, you're ready for anything the world brings. Are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Negative talking will drain the very life right out of you. Guard what you say. Guard what you talk. When a problem comes up, now listen close to me. When a problem comes up, and people, if you live in this world, the problems is going to come. I don't care if you confess a thousand miles an hour. They're not. They're going to come anyway. Are you hearing me? When the problem comes, start confessing what you have on the inside of you. I got something that'll repel sickness. I got something to repel sin. Sin will not dominate me. Sickness will not dominate me. Satan, you know you cannot find a hold on me. You find no place in me. Oh, hallelujah. These problems may come, but the life of God will just carry me right on through to the other side, victorious. Praise the Lord. Guard your confession. All right. Let me say this about a confession. You're speaking. What comes out your mouth? You guard what comes out your mouth and you'll pull your seed up. Are you hearing me? If you don't watch what comes out your mouth, you'll pull your seed up. Well, where's... I've had folks say, well, Brother Son, I've been confessing this. I've been praying. I've been believing God. You can be around in five minutes and they're talking exactly opposite. Talking directly opposite. You know, some folks have done heard so much of this uh, I've had folks say well I, I, I just rather you just you, you just pray for me don't tell me no more <laughs> just you know I done heard enough are you hearing me all right the fourth thing for you to stay full of the eternal life is this guard against bad attitudes at all costs, guard your attitude. Guard your attitude. Wrong attitude will sap the life of God out of you. A wrong attitude. You know what a wrong attitude is? Just being complacent is a wrong attitude. You know you can get a bad attitude about your wife, about your children. Man, I really had to work. Get my wife's attitude right about me, Elvira. <laughs> All right, turn with me over to Philippians, the second chapter. We're going to close. See, you can tell her attitude's all right or she wouldn't have laughed. I could say that some folks in her lip would fell off. Well, then embarrassed me and the whole congregation. I heard a fellow the other day. Uh, he was working for this man, and the Spirit of God spoke to this preacher and told, told him to tell this fellow he's working for. said, it's time for you to move out. You're too old to be working for me. It's time for you to move out in the ministry of your own. He said, you know, I got fired in front of 15,000 people. <laughs> said, I got fired. That man fired me right in front of the whole congregation. <laughs> and he was laughing about it. Now this man that he told him, he prophesied over, he's, he's done carried the gospel into Russia this year. He's carrying two million, two million, two million, seven hundred thousand dollars worth of material into Russia on faith and the Holy Ghost and the power of God in the Russian language. And he was sitting around working in the ministry of help and had to call a God on him. Mm. Russia was waiting on him. Mm, mm, mm. 
Philippians, the second chapter, 15th verse. Said that you may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as light, as lights in the world. How? Holding forth the word of life. Holding forth the word of Zoe. Holding forth this. That is our message to the world. That they can have eternal life. They can have God's life in them. 20th century said, offering to men the message of life. Weymouth said, holding out to them the word of life. Holding it out to them. Look, would you like a sample of the life of God? Hey, brother, what, man, what is wrong? Oh, the doctor said I have but a few months to live. Well, oh, would you like to have the life of God? What would happen if you got the life of God on a cancer? What would happen to it? What would happen to an arthritic body that was racked with pain? What would happen if you hold forth the word of life and get it into them? Are you hearing me? What will happen? What will happen? What is our job? See, in these last days, in this last great move of God that God's pouring out his spirit, he's going to have to have vessels that's willing to be used to him that will stay full of this life of God. He wanting folks to stay full of this stuff that they can minister to the world. You know, people run around. How many of you ever heard that teaching about uh, uh, body ministry? Don't raise your hand. I don't. I, I don't want to know it if you've heard it. I just rather not. I rather think more highly of you than <laughs> never. People, we ain't to minister to the body. The body's to minister to the world. If the body's sick, if you're sick or something, man, let's all hold together. If one suffer, let's all suffer. Praise God. Let's stick together on this thing. Whether he's Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, or, or Holy Oil, or Charismatic, whatever it is, let's stick together. Let's suffer together. But let's don't just be running around ministering to one another. The world out there is lost, dying, and going to a godless hell, and they need Jesus of Nazareth. The only thing that will change them is the life and nature of God, and you are a substance of that stuff. You can transmit that to people. Hallelujah. Holding out the word of life. Hey, you know, when I read that translation out of Weymouth, I thought to myself, that sounds like just like God. That sounds just exactly what Jesus did. Exactly what he did. You know what he did? He'd go around preaching, passing out samples of this stuff. Say, blind boy, how about your sight? Hey, come here, Lazarus. Come forth. You ain't been dead but four days. I'm going to show you what the life of God will Come forth, Lazarus. Feed that multitude. Well, we have nothing to feed them, Lord. We, you know, it takes so many pennyworths to feed this, this group of folk. Man, we got a, man, we got a good following today. I said, what do you got? So we found a little boy's lunch. He said, bring it. And he multiplied it. What multiplied that? The life and nature of God. Are you hearing me? That same substance that's on the inside of you. Amen. See, I'm telling you, there's no failure in this. There's no failure in this. Everywhere Jesus went, he went about passing out these samples, didn't he? He went around everywhere, holding forth the word of life. He'd go around preaching. He'd go around teaching and preaching in their synagogue and healing all that were, were, were oppressed of the devil. Right. See, we need to pass out some of these samples. Hold out the word of life. How are you going to hold it out? Well, so, you know, Lord, send somebody by my path. No. You stay full of this word. 
you stay full of this life. You meditate on this. You keep your attitude right. You keep your confession right. You pray in the Spirit. You keep these things working. You tend to the Spirit, man. If you'll take care of Him, He'll take care of you. Do you know that? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God wants givers. He wants, you, you know, He wants givers. He wants folks that's givers of their self. You know, He said, For God so loved the world that He what? He gave. He's a giver. He's a giver. Praise God. You know it ain't but two kinds. That's givers and gripers. And givers never gripe. And gripers never give. Are you hearing me? They won't give. They always gripe and they find something wrong all the time. See? Let's find something right. Are you hearing me? Stand up on your feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Does anybody here need a sample of Zoe life? Anybody need a, a sample of what this life and nature of God will do? We'll show you what the life of God will do. It'll drive out sin, sickness, and Satan. Hallelujah. There's nothing that can stand before the life and nature of God. There's nothing the enemy has that even can compare, can even stand in its presence. I'm telling you, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he said, All hail. All hail. Everything by his knee to the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, this is Sunday. Tomorrow, y'all Hold his hand. I'll tell you what, what the Lord said to me. Now, he didn't say that to me just now. He said that the other day when I was praying in the Spirit. He said he had given you exceedingly great knowledge and it was to be used only in his word and be used of him. For in these last days, great awakening shall come in the scriptures. And he said, men that have great capacity to learn and they will not stay in tradition shall go out and, be, and take the word and expound on it even to those that have never really believed in God. And they'll say, oh, how did this man of great knowledge receive this? And they shall stand in awe and people will say, how did this happen? And he'll say, it was by the Spirit of God. He raised me up for this purpose. He raised me for this purpose, and I will work towards that purpose. And he said this to me. He said, put him first. Diligently, diligently give him his time. And his timing is short, and he will even be sending you out, even to places you've never heard of. And he'll have you standing before men of great renown, and you'll be able to speak the word with a boldness and a clarity even they can understand. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Father, anoint them now oh, in hallelujah. Jesus' name. Praise.